We've been in this series, this is our fifth week, and we're putting a nice little bow on the series by doing this today. Here's what we've done so far. Here's, we've said two things. Number one, the family matters to God. And we ask ourselves why, because remember in the very first book of the Bible, what happened? God created a family, and he blessed it. He said, be fruitful and multiply. So we know, based on what we see in the scripture, that God wants families to flourish. How many of you believe that today? How many, how many of you know God wants your family to flourish? So we've been talking about that, that the family does matter to God. He, he, has, he has intentions for it to be good and to flourish. The second thing we said was there are matters that, that are important to us as families, those, those things that are on our minds, those situations, those relationship issues that we deal with on a regular basis, and those matter to him as well, right? And so there's a lot of answers to these questions that we have in God's word, and so we've been saying that we're going to u- always use God's word as our guide to help our relationships, uh, help us live full life in our relationships. And so what we did was week one, we talked about the idea that um, families are, can be dysfunctional at times, right? Uh, there's some challenges. We look in the scripture, we see dysfunction, but there's hope through Christ, amen? Week two, we said that uh, dating is really important because it's a way that you choose the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And we said, be really, really choosy about those people that you date. Why? Because there's a possibility you're going to spend the rest of your life with them. Amen? And so we said, here's the criteria. Let's have a person of character and have chemistry with them so that you at least set the, the relationship up for success. And then week three, we said, let's talk about marriage, about the, the kind of marriage that pleases God, the one that's modeled in Scripture. And we said it's the, the husband that loves his wife unconditionally, sacrificially, the way Christ loved his church and bled and died for. We said that the, the wife affirms the leadership role of the husband in the home, uh, is very confident in uh, building him up and just acknowledging that, and the two work together to make a wonderful marriage of love. Amen? And then last week we said parenting is real important that we parent toward relationships, that we use the great commandment as a guide to help us create uh, just build life into and purpose into our kids so they grow up to be men and women of God. Amen? So today, again, we're going to wrap this up with a little nice little bow. We've got some questions that you submitted that we're going to answer. Now, we, we got a bunch of them, so we can't do all of them in this short frame of, mind, uh, frame of time. So hopefully that these, these questions that we've chosen, the answers are going to be a real ministry to you today. What, did I say something? Yeah, yeah, frame of mind. All right, so, yeah. Anyway, I've lost my train of thought. So anyway, we got some questions we're going to answer. How's that? Based on, we're going to use God's word as our guide. So we're going to jump right in. First of all, we're going to introduce you to the folks that are on the platform. We're going to let them introduce you to them. Man, go ahead and introduce yourselves and tell us how you met. Good gracious. Mingle, so yeah, we that's a short version of it. <laughs> uh, we met on Christian Mingle and we started talking and became friends um, over the phone. And he actually is from Colorado, and um, so that's where he used to live. And I've been here in Georgia. Um, so we talked, we became friends, and a few months later we started dating. 
and we did long distance for a little bit, and then a few months after that, he moved to Georgia, and um, we've been together ever since, and now we're getting married in November. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, most of you know myself. This is my beautiful, my better half, my wife, Amen. Lori. Amen. Amen. Um, so Lori and I met at church camp when I was 17 and she was 14. So we weren't in, really in that mode of where we would date then. Uh, so we waited. We were friends That's not for a okay. long time. Uh, okay, you, this is us. So, um, so anyway, we were friends, and she chased me ever since that time we met. Uh, but then when we, got, when we got in our 20s, we started dating and got married within 10 months. We've been married 25 years. Uh, thanks be the Lord, and she's put up with me that long, so... Right here. Go ahead. Oh, goodness. Let me see. Well, I'm Glenda Bell. I'm married to Mr. Devoy Bell sitting right here beside me for 54 long years. <laughs> we met um, at Canton Motor Sales back in the day, um, just right out of high school. Um, and um, he wanted to date me, but he couldn't ask me. Can you imagine Devoy not being able to say what he wanted to say at that time? <laughs> so he had his best friend give me a call <laughs> and ask me out on a date. And you know what I told him? I said, if he wants a date with me, he's going to have to call me himself. There you go. And ask me, so uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit more, but we'll let him say uh, something. Needless to say, I called. <laughs> I didn't have to call. We worked in the same building, and uh, I did notice her one day. And back in the shop, I worked in the parts department, and she was a bookkeeper. And she uh, had occasion to come and stroll back through the shop and I kind of noticed <laughs> I noticed I noticed a lot and we had a little guy in the shop there or in he was the parts manager and he I go who is that who is that he said it doesn't matter uh, she's way over your class oh ouch his name was Scotty she loves him to death, still does to this day. Bless his heart, he's dead and gone. But I'm still here. 55 years in June. Very good. Very good. Well, I'm Amber, <laughs> and this is my handsome Steve, husband, Stephen. And we've been married a year and four months. So we are a pandemic wedding, and we made it. Praise God. So November 2020. Um, and we first met, so he corrected me, not in a bad way. He corrected me last time. I said we met here. We actually met at his mom's house. His mom had invited me over for lunch after church one day. And that's where we met. And, uh, yeah, so his mom is Denise. Uh, I'm sure you see her around here a lot. But um, that's how I met him. So. You good? All right, so we're going to jump right in. We have some questions that... All of us, are, we're going to just take turns answering. So we're going to start with this idea of being single. And we're going to let uh, Zach and Brooke answer that question. Here's the question. 
If I'm single, does that mean my life isn't complete? So take it. Raise your hand if you're single. All right, now look around. Hey. There might be some people in here, future <laughs> spouses maybe. <laughs> um, um, but in all seriousness, I, uh, I think singleness is a great... Um, sorry. Uh, Singleness can be a great season. Um, it's all how you look at it. Um, God can really teach you a lot of things in your time of singleness that can help you in your time of being in a relationship. And I think it's all about how you look at it. So, no. The, the, the answer to the question is no, I don't think my life is complete if I'm single. So, Yeah, you hit it on the head. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, it doesn't mean that your life isn't complete. Um, it's kind of like he said, um, this, your season of singleness, if you are single, um, it can be a really awesome and beautiful thing if you allow it to be. Um, I mean, it's all up to you. It's your choice. You can, you know, be in that season and you can be like, oh man, I wish I was in a relationship like all the time. Or you can, be like, you know what, I'm going to learn about myself, I'm going to spend time with Jesus, I'm going to allow this season to mold me into the person that God has designed me to be. And you know, some people don't get married, and that's okay. Um, God, you know, has a plan for each and every one of us, and if you don't get married, that doesn't mean that, like, you missed out, or like, you know, you're not as important. Like, that's not the case at all. Like, God just has different plans for each of our lives. Um, so, yeah. Very good. Very good. Yeah, so the, the idea is that in Christ, you're complete already. Amen? So the, uh, a marriage or, you know, that kind of thing is uh, just icing on the cake. And so if, you're, if you didn't get married ever, like she said, and you lived your life in Christ, that's an amazing life. But... For most of us, God has that person that we're going to marry, we're going to spend the rest of our lives with, and we're going to enjoy a great relationship, but it's always centered and focused on Him. Amen? So here's a second question. This is one that I think we're going to, some of, all of us could answer, but uh, how did you know that they were the one? Is that not a good question? How did you know they were the one? So, the boy is going to do that one? I'm going to do that one. Okay. Told her to throw it to me because he didn't give me a chance in first service. Sorry. And this is the one I thought I practiced for. <laughs> Actually, I didn't practice, but I had thoughts in my head. Another time we'll talk about that. Um, how did I know she was the one to finish my story from earlier? Uh, I did eventually invite her out, obviously. Uh, but it went back couple of years before that that I found out uh, I was actually I got engaged to a, another young lady and she broke my little tiny heart and so I did anything that uh, a man should do I went home to mama I still live there and I said mama we need to pray she says what do you want to pray about I said well Got my ring back. Okay. 
I said, I know that God has someone for me. And obviously, this was not the one. And so we went in her bedroom, got down on her knees. My mama at that time was a really big woman. I'm talking major big. This way, not this way. But she got down on her knees with me. And we prayed. And we prayed. And I thought, she's never going to hush. Because <laughs> I done said everything is on my heart. But when I got up from there, something told me that... Uh, Something just in my heart, I felt, you will know the day that it takes place. When you meet her, you'll know. So, time goes forward, and I meet her, Miss Glenda. And we went out, and I knew she was a little different than some of the girls I dated. So I thought, what can I do to show her I'm not a clod? So I took her to the senior play. I don't even remember what it was about. But she may. <laughs> but uh, I knew in my heart, I said, this is the girl. This is her. This is the one that me and mom prayed about. So I did the only thing I could think to do. I said, uh, first date, I said, will you marry me? And she, first date? She, she looked at me and said, are you kidding? I said, no, I'm serious. She said, no. So I thought the logical thing to do was just go away. I thought, well, I was wrong. So I went away for several months. And then something says, you need to ask her out again. So I did. And that time, it went on for several months before I asked her again. And then she said yes. She, she did play hard to get. She did. I, I mean, she, she can be a very stubborn woman. Oh. Now, that's, that's coming from me. I, she's the lady that um, if you want a hug or you want sympathy, she is social butterfly. I'm the guy you call when your car's in a ditch. That's the difference. <laughs> One thing I want to say, and I don't know if they ever told D-Boy this, um, after that first date and I went back in the house, my mother told me, she said, he's the man you're going to marry one day. And I said, really? I said, I don't know about that. Because it took me a while before I really fell in love with him. Uh, but I did, and here we are. Amen. All right. Good. So, number three, what are the criteria used in picking your spouse, your mate. Um, so for me, it was interesting because Brooke actually said one of the same things. So one of the things I did years ago, I don't think I was 13 though, but I wrote a list. Um, and I made it as specific as like spiritual expectations, personality, and physical. Um, and I mean like as detailed as can be. And so 
some of those things, like uh, when say checkoffs, but just were important to me, were independent. And so for those of y'all that knew Amber before me, very independent. So I was thankful for that. Um, another one was an authentic relationship with God, because I knew at some point, like whether in ministry for, for pay or just leading people to Christ, that was going to be important to me. So I needed somebody that was equally yoked as well. Um, and then a really, really important thing was no family strife, because I had seen in different families, including mine, um, just in-laws or whether parents, brothers, sisters, things like that, like they just couldn't handle it. And I was like, no, I can't, can't do that. Like my mom's going to have to love my wife and vice versa. So they don't got to be best friends, which they are. But, <laughs> um, but then even, I guess, for guys, I was looking up a verse. So Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, it's a lot, so I won't read it. Um, but just kind of some basic things as far as, you know, you can look for in a woman that was like a biblical reference for me. And um, I had some as well. One of mine was good teeth, and um, he made it happen. We were laughing last night. We were talking through this. It really was. Um, and so um, a relationship with God, first and foremost, the center of his life, was one of the priorities. I mean, absolute, would not waver at all was one of the standards. The other one was either serving in ministry or willing to serve alongside of me in ministry because I knew what God had called me to do. And so I knew that he had to have someone who was willing to do it with me. So that was, that was another one. And then just all in all, just doing fun life together. I think that personality-wise, funny, just a few different things. There was a huge list as well that I had listed whenever I, had, I was at Free Chapel. Um, actually, uh, we had a lady come in and talk to the girls um, there, and she was just like, write it down, pray over it. This is super important. And there was just a lot of things, but those were the major things that stuck out. Very good, very good. So uh, another question for Brooke and Zach. How difficult has it been for an, as an engaged couple where biblical truths are about, you know, about relationships are really important to you, and knowing that those truths are countercultural, how has that really impacted you, or how, what have you done to navigate that? Um, so, good question. Um, growing up in a Christian family, uh, I feel like my parents set, like, the standard of how a relationship should be, and poured those values into me. And, and so um, while dating, like there were some things that I saw that were like, oh, I am, this is not, <laughs> like didn't want to go to church or stuff like that. And I always wanted to go to church. So those were kind of red flags. And so I think it's important to, again, equally yoked. Um, it's kind of important to Look, or when you're dating, look for somebody that has the same values and stuff as this. Um, so, and then Brooke can finish off on this question. Yeah, um, I know that both of us, we've gotten quite a bit ever since we got engaged. Like, people ask us, like, oh, you're not sleeping together? You're not, like, living together? Like, that's just, like, the question people love to ask for some reason. Um and, like, you don't have to do that before marriage. Like, God, you know, it, the Bible sets up, like, a guideline of, like, things 
that are saved for marriage and specifically, you know, and that's one of the things. Um, and, you know, the world thinks that it's okay to do those things. And obviously there's still temptations. Like we have temptations, we're human, like that's a thing. But um, like he said, values and boundaries is a big thing that I think is very important um, as a couple who is dating or engaged, um, whatever. Boundaries are very important. And we set up when we first dated, um, you know, these are the boundaries and we're not going to cross these. Um, and I think we even made a list of them. Like we wrote it down and we're like, these, we're not doing that. We're not giving in to them temptations. And having the same values is very important. And I would say that with the criteria is yes, um, having a God-fearing person is very important. Having the same values is also very important right. because you're going to have temptations. It's just a thing. But if you have one person that doesn't have the same values as you have, it's going to make it so much harder to not give in to those temptations. And so, um, yeah, it's hard. Um, you know, we, yeah, we deal with that, but we have those boundaries lined up that we're not going to give in. And yeah, like married is, marriage is a sacred thing. And yeah, so. Very good. Yeah. Very good, very good. So um, this one, uh, Lori and I are going to talk about, uh, you know, there's, there's this um, idea of we have, we have kids that are, some of them are very compliant. Anybody have any compliant kids? No. Then some of them, we have strong-willed kids. Anybody have a strong-willed kid? So Lori and I are going to talk about this. We've got hands up all over the place. And so I'm going to let Lori start this, and then I'll, I'll, I'll close it out there. So first of all, I just want to say it's really important to um, not think of when we first, you know, hear that word strong-willed sometimes, I think it's looked at in a negative, a very negative light. Um, but it's, it's actually a very positive thing and can be a positive thing. Um, God created us all. He all wired us different with different personalities. And he did that for a reason. And I think it all has to do with the plan and the purpose and the calling that he has on our life. So um, I'll give you a, an example real quick. I'm very strong-willed for those of you that know me. Lance is not. <laughs> We're total opposites. But even through that, I know that God put us together. Um, you know, I see those things working out through our life and through our marriage all along of how we're just totally wired different. Um, but I manage two outpatient surgery centers. Um, if I was not a strong-willed person, I would not be able to do that job. I've been doing it for almost 14 years, and it's, I truly believe it's because of how God wired me, how he made me, that strong, you know, the strong-willedness within me um, to be able to do that. And, and it was all part of his plan, you know, and his purpose. So um, if you have a strong-willed child, look for the strengths. Uh, know that it is a gift from God within them. He's, he's wired them that way. He has a tremendous plan and a purpose um, for them. So look for those strengths and to be able to encourage them um, in the strengths and the gifts that God has for them. Um, the other thing I want to say, love them unconditionally. It's very easy um, for them to push your buttons. I know I had one 
just push your buttons, push your buttons. You get, you know, really aggravated at them. It's very easy to get aggravated at them and to scream at them and to, um, you know, it just becomes a frustrating situation. So um, try to de-escalate those things. Lance is going to be able to, he's going to talk about a few of those ways to do that. But um, don't, just love them unconditionally because conditional love we know that that can make them insecure and they're actually only, you know, doing things um, out of, for an approval and it's not really because they truly want to do that, if, that, if I'm making sense with that. So. Okay, so, yeah, understanding that uh, being strong-willed is a, actually a God-given thing. And so there, then there becomes the, the potential of always having control battles. Anybody had any control battles with a, a strong-willed child? And so you've got to choose those battles very carefully because you don't want to lose them. Amen? So when you see the, the kid the way Laura was talking about, they're, they're gifted, they're discovery, but you have to be real creative on how you deal with them. Let me give you an example. So let's say that you're sitting eating dinner and they're taking their time eating dinner and you, you tend to start nagging them about getting their, done, their dinner done quickly. So if you begin that, that clash, what's going to happen? Because they're strong-willed, they're going to continue to... They're probably going to slow down eating, right? But if you're creative, you can say, look, you know, we're, we're about to head to the ball game. We're leaving in about 10 minutes, and it's your choice whether you want to go or not. If, you, if, you don't, if you're not finished eating, I'm going to go ahead and go, and you can stay here with your mom. You notice that you're still in control of the situation, but you've just given them the opportunity to make a choice of what to do. Does that make sense? And what it does, it, it escalates, de-escalates any kind of control clash, and they have to choice. Yeah, and here's what you do. Hey, if they're not finished eating, they're going to stay home, and they're going to suffer the consequences for that. So instead of getting into the clash with them, you're creative, and you still maintain, and you win that situation. Does that make sense? And so the other thing is, is the uh, setting the, the clear uh, consequences, the rules, making sure that you're not doing, setting rules when you're angry, when you're heated in the moment because they're going to interpret that as, well, they're angry and that's going to be something I'm going to oppose. No, you sit down when you're calm and you're going to say, here, here are the rules very clearly. You're going to abide by them. And then when the time comes for the consequence, you got to remind them of what the Bible says. There's going to always be uh, some kind of consequence for their behavior. The Bible says we reap what we sow, right? So biblically, you can share with them Here's how you behave. Here's the consequence. And when you're consistent, because you've created the rules, not in anger, but in a time of, of, of right-mindedness, then you can actually, you know, exert those consequences without it being this huge battle because they know here's what the rule is, here's the consequence, and they're going to be able to do that. Now, I'm not saying it's always going to be easy. There are going to be moments when you have to be really, really sticking to your guns, but you can do it in a way where, again, it's their choice whether or not to follow the rule and then face the consequences. Does that make sense? Does that help anybody today? All right, so we're going to move on to another one here. This is the one about blended families. In a room this size, I'm sure there, there are some families where you're blended. Uh, you've, you've been, you know, both of you have had prior marriages or one of you had a prior marriage, you have kids, and so you're a blended family now, and you may be asking, you know, how do we navigate being a blended family? And so we have Rhonda and Denise are going to, on video, they're going to give you some uh, their take on them as a family that's a blended family. So uh, watch the screen.
Hi, we're Ron and Denise Yitzi, and today we came, we're here to tell you about navigating through step parenting, co parenting, co joining families. Um, we're blessed that they asked us, and for those of you that don't know our story, 15 and a half years ago, we co joined um, five kids, the Brady Bunch, three girls, two boys, into one family. And in that, um, there were some challenges, there were transition, but God makes the way. Yeah, what we did is on the front end of that, we had discussions to say there were a couple of things that were very important in navigating with a blended family, of which we didn't have any experience, but we thought, all right, A, Jesus Christ has to be the Lord of our life and our family. We had to make that a priority, our relationship with Christ. And the second thing is that we agreed um, they can't be your kids right. and my kids and you deal with your kids right. and I'll deal with my kids. It was we are a family and therefore we have five kids and we are gonna embrace each other. Like in marrying Denise, I also embraced her children in that relationship and vice versa because then it's a training ground. I mean, you gotta walk into it. It, yeah. it took time, we sat with our kids, we yeah. went over it with our children, <laughs> but we made it a point to say we are a family and we will walk it out as a family and we learned and by the grace of God, you know, here 15 years later, uh, going on our 16th year, yeah. uh, it's been really wonderful and we've watched it happen and uh, we love our family. Yeah, the other thing too I think is important is recognize your house is your house and those boundaries are there. So for those of you that have, you know, other parents still engaged and still involved, one of the things that we really made a priority was our house is our house and our rules are our rules. And so it's gonna be your responsibility to recognize you have a circle of control and that's what you can manage and you can't do anything else and it's just helping them navigate through that through love, God's word, yeah. unity on the forefront and just making sure that it's, it's not mine, yours against them, it's just. And I would say that as we wrap it up is when you say Jesus is Lord, you have to embrace his word as a priority because navigating requires some form of knowledge, wisdom, and what voice do you listen to? Yeah. And we decided we're gonna to listen to the voice of God's word. And so both of us agreed that because Christ is Lord, we're gonna use God's word to navigate this. And we agreed on the front end. If you have one strong in the Lord and one not so strong and the children recognize and they navigate that way, yeah. It can really bring an imbalance to the kind of communication that's coming to the children, which can cause yeah. misdirections. And we just decided we weren't going to go down that road together. Yeah. So stand in unity, be a united front for your kids, make sure there's clear communication, and make it yours, ours, family. Yes. Bye. Bye. All right. Very good. hope that's helpful. So here's, here's another question, and this will be, I think, uh, Amber and Stephen... What is the best way to have a difficult conversation with my significant other? Um, so for me, I just had a couple different things. One was, and I think maybe sometimes, especially for the man, it's hard as be vulnerable enough to have the conversation. So not just get angry or frustrated when you feel like you, you can't control everything. Um, and just say, hey, like this is where I'm at. This is how I'm feeling. Um, even as recent as about three, three weeks ago, we had had some discussion about finances and mainly because of me, just a, a fear of being broke for some reason, which thank God we are blessed exponentially. So um, with that, she, you know, she would just for the last week or two before that, there was a couple of little things she had said that she wanted and 
my personality is I want to get all that for you. Um, but then the other side of me is I need to make sure the bills are always paid. And in saying the being vulnerable is having that conversation with her instead of getting frustrated like, why don't you get, we can't just buy everything. Um, really saying for me the tension is, you know, as the man, and even in my vows, I said I will always provide for you and our family, but also my personality is I'm like that provider protector. And so when it comes to money, like that is how I take care of you. And if we have kids, that's how I will take care of them. And so with that, there's the provider side. And then on the other end, there is the, the sugar daddy in me that wants to get like, oh, you want that hair dryer? Girl, I got you. Let's swipe that card and move on. <laughs> and just to go like, I want to do both, but I can't. So I have to meet in the middle at some point and just kind of communicating that to her, you know, speaking the truth, but in love, not just I can't buy you everything even though I want to, but this is why. It's not because I want to hold back. It's just that I'm really thinking if I spend the money on this now, in five years, let's say something, I mean, you know, you were coming out of 2020 in our marriage, there were people losing jobs, like losing money everywhere. And I'm already afraid of not having anything for some reason. And so with that, just like real fear, like over $3.99 once, like panic attack level. Um, so, you know, and then the last thing is just listen to hear the other person's heart, not to respond. And a good verse I found for that was Proverbs 18.2, which is a fool does not delight in understanding, but in revealing his own mind. Um, and really being intentional because I always want to be right. And so does Amber. And so for, for us, she'll start saying something in my brain. I'm like, I don't even, whatever you're saying, this is what I'm going to say back. And really being intentional in the moment while she's talking to say, okay, what is she saying? Because if I just respond, I'm not listening. By the time she's done, I literally will have to go back and say, can you say that again? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Or I'm just popping off my answer. And she's like, that has nothing to do. It just came out of my lips. So uh, that would be my advice. Um, my thing that I'll just add on really quickly because he did great with that and I'm so thankful, but uh, always communicate even when it's hard. That's the, that's the tough part. In the awkwardness, in the weirdness, in the whatever, vulnerability, complete honesty, just always communicate. And uh, with that, that also means listening, like he said. So make sure you're listening to understand, but you always, you always want to come at it with, because this is what I, I try really hard to do. I'm not perfect at it, but I try really hard to do it is I know that I love my husband, right? I know that I want what's best for my husband, even in the midst of me wanting to drop kick him sometimes, you know? So even in the midst of these hard, frustrating, whatever, real times, okay? Like realness, you know what I'm saying? Even in the midst of those, you still want what's best for them. So always, always go into those difficult, hard conversations. And don't be afraid to, like, take a breath and take a moment and then go in it, okay? Step out of the emotion for a moment and then step back in. I think that that's, that's really helped us. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Um, so here's another one. This is for Debo and Glenda. After many years of marriage, why does my spouse not know I cannot read her mind? What can I do to hear her feelings? Did you see that look? Um, yeah, she. I'm probably the one that should answer that because I've I've always been a driver. Uh, my 
personality is to take charge and do, and well, I think I'm always right. Uh, I rarely am when it's concerning us, and it's took me many years to learn that. But I think, yeah, she says, wow, okay. <laughs> See what I mean? I can't win. I can't win. Now, she's, um, I said in the first, the first session, the biggest problem that I've always had, and it kind of goes back to what Stephen said, you always got in your mind, what, what's my next answer? I'm going to answer it this way before she ever finishes the question or the discussion or her point. I've already made up my mind what I want to say because mine's the most important. And uh, it's took many years to find out I'm not that important. And it's also, but what you have to do is you have to actively listen. You have to tune out what you're doing, turn off the TV, silence it, whatever, and turn. And, and I have a, a hearing problem and I used to use that a lot. I'd say, I didn't hear you. Now I have hearing aids, and she'll say, do you still have your hearing aids in or not? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, then why? And she'll just say, nothing. So if I don't get that question the first time, I don't have an answer. So if it's something that I think is real important, what I try to do is I'll mute the TV, and I'll turn and look at her. And I'll say, okay, please say it again. And sometimes she does, sometimes she don't. But when she does, we communicate much better. But my, I think the biggest stumbling block uh, is not actively listening to your, the one you love more than you do anybody else in the world. And that's, uh, that, that's a lesson I'm still in the process of learning. Almost 55 years, but I'm a little thick-headed. Well, any, well, I started to say anybody that knew me that y'all don't know this, uh, my kids do, and of course Steve Boy does, but when he's made me mad, I don't talk to him for several days, and I know communication is everything. <laughs> I, I know that, Pastor Lance. I just don't always do that, sorry, for several days, because I tell you, I don't want to fuss. It makes me, it upsets me, and I get sick from it, and I just, I just want things to to not be, you know, that way, and it's hard sometimes. Um, and you would think after the kids are grown and gone that, you know, that would get better. No, not really, because he doesn't have anybody to fuss with but me at home. So, um, but golly, we've made it. We've had our ups and downs over the years, and we've made it. The good Lord has been with us from the very day one. You know, when I took my vows or when we took our vows, us girls had to say we had to obey. That was in our vows. But, you know, it, it was fine at the time. We took our vows before God, and they have stuck all these years. Um, some days I don't think I love him, but most of the time I do. Um, it's... Yeah, I am, or I wouldn't be with him. But um, like I say, the good Lord's been with us, and it's not been a bed of roses. But, you know, we were meant to be together because I prayed for him, and I didn't even know him, and he prayed for me and didn't even know me. So God put us together, and I really believe that. I know he did that.
So how do you rekindle a marriage after the kids are gone and we just aren't connected anymore? So are y'all wanting to do that one too as well? Are y'all prepared for that one? You good? Oh, well, <laughs> it was hard. Um, it was hard when the kids left one by one. They were different ages, of course. And uh, we had our daughter later in life. She was, um, well, my oldest son was nine years old when she was born. And then our middle son was six years old. So, uh, of course, they were grown and gone before she was. And so we got to have her a little longer. And she's D-Boy's little girl. She always will be. That's his baby. And in the beginning, he didn't want a little girl. Um, he didn't want, he didn't want her to grow up and get married and all that stuff. He wanted, he just didn't want to have to go through all that. He couldn't give her away and he hadn't even gotten her yet. But, but it, you know, at times it is, it is difficult. Um, the house got awfully quiet when they were gone and it's like, okay, what do we do now? You know, we've been so busy trying to get you kids raised and, and, uh, do the best we could with you. We raised them in the church. Um, and, um, you know, I'm thankful for that. Uh, I wanted a family. Never really had a family with a mother and daddy in it for various reasons. And um, that was one of my prayers to the Lord. If you just send me somebody that would, we could have a family together. We could raise them in church and, and raise them right and teach them about you, Lord. And that's what I wanted to do. And uh, we tried to live the life before them that was pleasing to the Lord. And I hope that they still remember that. Um, but we had some tough times back then. Um, but, you know, we, we do communicate more, I guess, now that we have the time. But it was hard adjusting to not having the children at home anymore. Um, so, anyway. I can't add a whole lot to that, but uh, she she did mention my baby. Uh, I didn't give her away. I had no intention of giving my daughter to any man. So we discussed it, and we had a uh, understanding. I said, "You can have the preacher." ask you who presents this woman for marriage. I don't think I don't think she really liked that, but she that's what that's what it was said. I said, honey, you give yourself. I think we have to remember that about our kids. We can give them everything in the world that we can possibly. But there are certain things they have to do for themselves. And if you raise them right, if you teach them what's right, if you expose them to the things they should get exposed to, then they will make the correct choices. And I, I thank God that they have. I'm proud of all of my children. But, uh, yeah, daddies, you're, you're not going to be able to give your daughter away sometimes. You're just... Say, presenter, it works. If I can just add something real quick. Um, 
onto that. Lance and I are kind of going through that um, right now, you know, because both of our boys are away as well. And, well, one of them's married, and then, you know, Tyler's away at college, and but he'll be staying there. So it is very quiet. It's just a different time in your life. It can be sad, but, you know, I look at it as, as it's an awesome time, as an opportunity now for me and Lance to be able to have that time for us that we've never really been able to have in the past a whole lot because you are so busy with your kids. And if I could just suggest, you know, one thing, find a hobby, find something that you two enjoy together, doing together. That's kind of where we're at right now, you know, researching things and trying things. And, and it's just an awesome time to be able, you know, to do that. So go out on dates. We used to never be able to go out on dates. We we're always so busy going to basketball games, doing this and that and all of that type of stuff. So just make time for each other. And it's, and it's awesome because you actually have that time now that you can make time for each other. So. Yeah, I think it's real important that before that you're in that situation, that you keep the, the romance going. Does that make sense? Um, because you do get so focused on your kids, but they are going to go at some point. And then the, the possibility is that you'll, you'll be living with a stranger if you've not been real intentional about cultivating the relationship all along the way. And so we've got, you got, like she said, date nights, whatever you have to do. We always did an anniversary trip. Every year to celebrate our, our anniversary, and there were been there were times when we left our youngest one Tyler. I mean, he was literally crying, sobbing, and it tore her heart out. And I was too. I cried the whole way there. Yeah, but but we knew it was something we needed to do to keep our relationship. Uh, so it, you don't have to. If you do that, then there doesn't. You don't have to rekindle something. It's still there. Does that make sense? Okay, it's time to go to the next one. I think this is probably our last one. So this is one. It's, I think, can be really, um, it's really sensitive. It's real challenging because I think it is the most challenging experience uh, in a marriage, in a relationship, and that is um, how to build trust back when there's been infidelity. Now, that's a very serious thing that happens if there's been, that, if that's happened, then there's a serious breaking of trust and a feeling of betrayal, of hurt and pain. That's pretty deep-seated, isn't it? And so... The question is, how do we build that back? Well, again, it's, it's very carefully, very intentionally, I would say. And I, I would say this, both parties have to be uh, in, in that and willing to intentionally do that. So let me speak to both parties for a second. Number one, those of you who have um, done the offending, you're, it's, you're, you're responsible for that happening, uh, for that, that, that infidelity. Now, Thanks be to God, there's always grace and forgiveness. Is there not? Are you glad for that? That Christ is always willing to forgive. So that, that act in itself, that experience, isn't an impardonable sin. It's something that you can be forgiven for. Christ is always willing to forgive you. Here's the reality of a relationship, though. Um, that person that you've offended, that you have broken that trust and betrayed, it's going to be really hard for them to forgive. Let's just face it, right? So what you have to do is you have to basically show a repentant heart by saying, I'm going to say, I'm going to submit myself to a heavy level of accountability moving forward. Now, Lori and I have a personal story where somebody that we're really close to, this happened. There was infidelity in the marriage. And as I was talking to this person that's really close to me this week, even asking them, uh, he, you know, he said, he said, my wife willingly... And it was even her idea to submit to that heavy level of accountability, which means 
she told me everywhere she was going to be. Uh, you know, if I text her, where are you at? She would automatically reply, here I am. And so she submitted herself to a heavy level of accountability because she knew it was her, she was the reason why that trust was broken, why that, the marriage was where it was. And so she took it upon herself to do that, which tells me that she was repentant, that she was sorry, not sorry she got caught, but she was truly sorry that it happened. And so if you're the offender, then that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to be able to build that trust back one day at a time, you know, intentionally saying, here's how I'm going to behave. I'm going to let you know where I'm at. And that way the trust can be built back. Okay. Then the person who's offended, what's what's their response got to be? First and foremost, it has to be, I'm making an intentional decision to forgive because it's biblical, right? The Bible says in multiple places, Jesus taught it, Paul taught it, that we forgive people who've offended us. Now, it doesn't mean that you're forgetting, does it? It's impossible to forget something like that. So what you have to do is say, I intentionally choose not to hold this against you anymore. Which means, moving forward, every time you're in an argument or there's this tendency to want to bring it up, what do you do? You don't bring it up because if you bring it up every time, it's going to take everything back to square one and the relationship will not go anywhere. It'll continue to spin wheels. And so if you're the offended, you're, you may say, you know what? You don't know how hurtful this is. You don't know how betrayed I feel. We get it. We, we empathize with you. But if you're going to make it work, what do you do? You make a choice to forgive because the Bible's clear. I mean, if, you, if, if, you, if somebody uh, in, a, in a marriage, if there's infidelity, that's the only reason really that Jesus gave to be able to divorce somebody, right? In Matthew chapter 19. And so you have the right, if, if you choose to, if this person has done that, you can walk away from the marriage and biblically you're sound in doing that. But it doesn't mean you have to. And so you make a decision, you're going to forgive, you're going to work it out, and then you, you constantly fight the the, in a notion of, let me bring this up, let me bring this up. No, you've forgiven, and so you've released them from, from that offense. And so both parties have to be intentional on making this thing work. Here's what I would say to kind of wrap this up. The, the truth is, if both of you are pursuing Christ together, if you are saying, you know what, I love Jesus, we both love Jesus, we're going to pursue him together, it can work. And then your life, your marriage can be a testimony to other people who are facing the same thing. Can I give you some good news today? This, this couple that's close to Lori and I, 13 years later, they made the choice to stay together, and they're, 13 years later, they're still together, and there's no, um, he told me, he said, there's no, not only have an inkling of distrust because she's proven herself. Folks, there's hope, but where's the hope? It's in the grace and the mercy of Jesus every single day. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's service. We pray that God has used this time to greatly impact your life. But it doesn't have to end here. There are actually two ways that you can take this into the rest of your week with you. First, you can share. Share in the comments what God spoke to you during this message and then press the share button so you can send this to a friend who could use the encouragement. Secondly, get connected, either by pressing the subscribe button or joining our Facebook group. We pray that you walk in the full life you were created for. We'll see you next week.